Hello, homeschool friends, and welcome to this episode of the Homeschool High School Podcast from SevenSistersHomeschool.com, brought to you by the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. We are delighted to be with you today. We are your hosts, and I am Sabrina Justison, here with Vicki Tillman, and we like to talk about all things homeschool high school. We don't know what episode number this is because we're not good at numbering episodes. So we we should go with seven. Yes. We like the number seven, and so this will be episode seven. If you've already listened to episode seven, that's okay. We've had several episode sevens so far. We have. We'll tell you if you if you like numbers and are confused by us that is this is the episode where we'll be talking about four year goals for high school. So now you know whether you've heard this one before or not. So we are going to explore the things that go into planning in a large sense and then in a more measurable, smaller sense for the high school years. But we also want to remind you that there's no one right way to homeschool high school. And some of the goals that you set, you will find reshape themselves a little bit along the way. And that's okay. And we've survived raising enough kids and graduating them to know that even as the plans reshape a bit, they still work really well, and they empower you and your child through the high school years. Because a mom's mind plans her way, but the Lord directs her paths. And aren't we thankful that the Lord directs our paths, and it doesn't just fall to us. Indeed. It's been fun this last couple of weeks. My youngest, who is now 18 and finished high school a a bit ago, He has recently started a new job, and he is working in the restaurant industry, which when he was in middle school and early high school was exactly what he thought he wanted to do. And we were looking into culinary arts programs for after graduation, and we were looking at chef school and all sorts of options. I remember that. Mm -hmm. Vicki was his academic advisor Mm -hmm. for our umbrella Mm -hmm. school, and she advised very wisely that he do lots of talking to people in the industry. So we did. And after sitting down with um, actually a former student of mine who had gone on to chef school and is now a quite successful chef in Walt Disney World in Florida, but we had him over and I said, I will make you lame food because I'm not a chef, but if you will come and have lunch with us and talk to Jonah, that would be really helpful. And so he came and shared all sorts of wonderful stories about chef school. And when we were done, Jonah said, I don't want to do this. (laughs) (laughs) And we we were a little floored. We said, really? Why not? And he said, that's not what I want to do. I like to cook and I like to prepare meals for people. But I'm not interested in high-level competition. I'm not interested in scratching and fighting with other people to prove myself and to to give up all of my um, personal life because the restaurant owns me, you know, and so that's, that's just really, that's, I don't think that that is the direction I want to go. And it, it was a kind of scary, oh, moment for me as the yeah. mom. Yeah. So it fit his interests, but not his personality. Exactly. So it was great career exploration. It was. It was a little unsettling at the time, because yeah. I really thought we were a little farther down that like, road oh than we were. So, um... Since that time, he explored some other things, and he worked on getting his um, fitness certification as personal Mm -hmm. trainer and and a number of other things. But he has returned to the restaurant industry just not going the chef's school cutthroat route, Mm -hmm. and instead was um, hired as a cook for a 
very hip, very organic-y, locally grown, let's take care of people who have allergies and food sensitivities no and really, really cool, like idealistic, healthy eating kind of place. And um, he is working with them and it's, it's fun to see how we have those goals. They morphed from what I thought they were going to be, from what he thought they were going to be. And yet that desire, that interest was still there and he's continued to move into finding ways to do that and earn a living as an adult. So God directing those paths. Yeah, it's good so we, stuff. We don't have control over the process. We just do the best we can to plan and make opportunities available, but God directs their paths. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk about some very concrete ways to do that. How can we um, look at high school in sort of the global, it's a four-year lump of time. Let's let's kind of do that with the long term. What, what are we trying to do with goals? Vicki, you have way more experience advising many homeschool families than I do, so. So basically, you gotta know what the kids need for graduation. And most states require about 26 credits for graduation. So help me remember them all. So we need four credits of language arts. And that's a big credit that encompasses reading and writing. And speech and grammar and editing and things like that. So okay. it's a big one. All right. So four language arts. What else? And four maths. Four maths. And then most states will require three or four sciences. I would aim for four. And are all of those lab sciences? Three of those are usually needing to be lab science. Okay. And then for social studies of various kinds, and we'll hit that in a minute, and around two world languages usually. So check your state requirements. And am I right that typically the, the two years of world language need to be in the same language? Same language. Same language. Yeah. And some colleges are looking for three. So really, you have to check college websites in your area and see what they are looking for. All right. So to recap, we've got four language arts. We've got four math. We've got four social studies. That's up to 12, mm -hmm. right? And then we have three or four science yeah. No, four science and three are labs, with labs. Yeah. Yes? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so now we're at 16, and then we've got two world language. Mm-hmm. And... Phys ed. Phys ed. Okay. So that will be one or two, just according to what your state requires. Okay. I highly suggest two, because kids do better when they're moving their bodies. They think better, so... So true. And our society is so sedentary in many mm -hmm. areas now that we actually might have to teach kids to get up and move more than we did a generation ago. Right, right. And then they need at least one fine arts. I think every state requires some fine art. My heart of hearts thinks that they should have way more than one fine I arts. I think four is good. <laughs> <laughs> fine arts is such an important thing yeah. for most teenagers, but yeah. yes, one. Okay, one of fine arts. And then they usually need electives to fill that out. Um, some states require career exploration as one of those electives, or State of Delaware requires three. Okay. Career pathways, they call it, electives. And so you just fill out the transcript with career exploration electives, driver's ed as oh, an elective, yes. okay. and then developing interests. 
Isn't there also a need for a technology credit in a lot of states, some kind of mm -hmm. computer something? Yeah, thanks for reminding me. Okay. Yeah. yeah, so state of Delaware, this is our area, requires a technology credit, which is kind of amusing because these kids are all digital natives. So If I were going to teach my kids technology, they would laugh because they would say, Mom, we're, we're the ones who teach you yeah. how to use your technology. Yeah. But yeah, okay, good stuff. So you can develop their skills in an interest area with technology, and that's fine. Very good. All right, so for the ones that require four, like language arts and math and science and social studies, you think of one per year, and that's mm -hmm. kind of a no-brainer, and, mm -hmm. and we're comfortable with those. But does it matter what order we do those core things in? Are there certain things that have to come before other things? Well, I mean, with math. <laughs> <laughs> you do pre-calc the first year, then yeah. you move on to Algebra 1. No, <laughs> doesn't work. So, like, math is easy, so you do, well, math's not easy, but the order <laughs> is easy. The order is easy, exactly. So, Algebra 1, and then you can do either Geometry or Algebra 2, it doesn't matter. Or you can do one of the integrated curricula, like Saxon, which puts them all together over the years. And so you have Algebra 1, Algebra 2, Geometry, and then according to the kids' bent, you will want to have either statistics or pre-calc, or if they're not going into college, something useful like a business math. Very good. And they all need financial literacy, whether it's required by the states or not. Our kids are required to do that. And many of the states are coming around to that, and it's a really wise requirement, actually, yeah. because financial literacy is so very important for them to step into adulthood with wisdom and confidence. Because on April 15th, they don't have to prove how well they can solve an equation, but they do have to know how to do their taxes. Very good. All right. Wise words about math. So yeah. math is kind of kind of obvious the mm -hmm. way you, you plot that out. Social studies. Social studies. Do you think there's an order to that? I don't think that there is. I think a lot of people think that there is. I think a lot of people think that you do... American studies before you look at the rest of the world or um, but I I think a lot of that depends on your kid and their interests it in my house it depended on what kid was in what year of high school as far as where their siblings were also because we would do them together so if my 11th grader needed a world history and at a ninth grader ninth grader got world history too and the world did not come to an end by it, you doing that. fine. <laughs> <laughs> because that's not really a developmental kind of course. So you can do it whatever order you please. So what kinds of things do you recommend considering as your four social studies credits? So it, a lot of times it's required by states or what colleges are looking for, how you choose which courses. So American history is almost always required by the states. A world history is almost always required. And then things like um, usually a half credit of civics, half credit of economics, it's pretty commonly required. And then a lot of colleges these days are looking for a social science, like uh, psychology or sociology or human development. Very good. And if you're looking for any of those social science resources, you want to check out the bookstore at sevensistershomeschool.com because we have some really cool, unique e-texts mm -hmm. that could help you meet those. Uh, what about geography? What do we do with that in high school? 
In our area, the kids have to have half credit of geography also. Yeah. Um, if you have a course where you can sort of integrate it in, is it okay to log hours that are geography specific hours and kind of do that at the same time that you're doing world history? Like combining your credits. Like combining yeah. your credits. So I mean, how useful is that? You know, you're studying American history, so you do American geography along with it, or world history and do world geography with it. I mean, that's useful. So yes, you log hours on that and then you earn your hours earn a Carnegie credit. Very good. And if you're not into logging hours and integrating it and earning a Carnegie credit, you can purchase a geography curriculum and do that alongside. And some kids really just like a nice textbook. Yes, they do. And there is nothing wrong with that. Because there's not just one way to homeschool. That's right. Okay, so we've looked at math, we've looked at social studies. Let's talk about the sciences. So sciences don't have to go in an order. They often do. Like ninth grade will either be a physical or a general science. Um, tenth grade is often biology. Eleventh grade is chemistry. Who? And twelfth <laughs> grade is really geared according to a student's interest. So like a lot of college-bound kids have to have physics. And that's because the college wants to see it on the transcript. So, although my kids tended to choose colleges that didn't care whether there was physics, and so I think only two of mine ever took in a full physics course. Yeah, only one of mine did yeah. physics, and that was the reason that the mm -hmm. school that she wanted to go to required it. So it had nothing to do with her interests or the major she was going to go mm -hmm. into, but she had to have it. So what my kids did is they took human development as a full year health credit and counted that as their fourth science. Very good. All right, so we've got the um, math pieces, the social studies pieces, the science pieces. How do we choose a world language? Um, what are some of the ways to learn a world language if mom doesn't already know it? Praise God for the internet. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's very true. It has really changed the way yeah. we can approach language learning. There are so many choices these days to do online courses. You know, our friends over at Kirklick, who we're not affiliates with or anything, but they have courses. And then everyone likes Rosetta Stone, and there's a gazillion of them out there now. And often in your local communities, if there are any co-op group classes, mm -hmm. umbrella school, day school classes going on, you'll often find some foreign language instruction mm -hmm. there because that's one of those courses that's a whole lot more fun to do in a group and to practice your conversation skills and to chant the things that you have to memorize together. It's more fun than yeah. doing it by yourself. Our seven sister, Kim, teaches Spanish in our homeschool group classes, and they have so much fun in there. Spanish is a, a delightful class for those it kids. Is. It is. Okay, so we've got that. Um, phys Ed, how do you earn Phys Ed credits? What if your kid doesn't want to play soccer for the Y or doesn't have an athletic bent? Log those hours. Hours doing what? What if they mow the lawn? Oh, um, that's uh, physical. I know I get tired and sore when I mow the lawn. <laughs> <laughs> or, or till the garden, if you believe in tilling. Mm -hmm. so, <laughs> and uh, yeah, anything physical. So if they're breaking a sweat, that counts. But but all kids need to learn responsibility for their bodies. So to learn personal fitness is a really good idea and log the hours doing that. 
one of my kids was definitely not interested in traditional sports, but I was concerned about him, like you're saying, developing that, that ownership of, I need to take care of my body and I need to be responsible for it. And, um, he found that he liked bike riding and we started logging hours bike riding and the logging of the hours became a personal challenge for him. And he kept Mm -hmm. wanting to increase how far he had gone in a given session, you know, by an extra half mile or an extra 20 minutes or whatever. And, and he stretched it and stretched it to where he became a long distance bike rider for a couple of years of high school. And really, it was a really good thing on a lot of fronts. So, and I think we skipped over language arts. Oh, well, language arts is big and complicated. So we were saving that for last. (laughs) So yeah, language arts is very important. Let's, Let's dig into that. So our kids in language arts need to have reading and they need to have writing and they need to know their grammar and language mechanics type things well enough to apply them to their writing. That is really variable, isn't it? We've actually had some very interesting conversations locally, and I've been talking with some some of our other seventh sisters (laughs) out there on um, through our website that some kids very naturally and organically pick up the rules of grammar Mm -hmm. and apply them pretty consistently. Mm And what they need in high school is to be required to go back and edit and correct their own Mm -hmm. writing. Mm -hmm. And in doing that, they firm it all up and they come out with really strong um, knowledge and usage of grammar. And other kids, it it is for them what algebra is to me. Mm -hmm. It is just this abstract thing that you have to kind of memorize and do a whole bunch of times or you don't understand it. So you just keep doing your workbooks until that's nailed. So, yeah, so whichever kind of of grammar usage you see happening in your student's writing, it's okay. Yeah. Whichever it is. Because there's not one right way to homeschool. That's right. And there's not one right way to learn grammar. All right. So um, reading. Let's talk about reading for a while. How do you decide how many books, what type of books, how many do you assign versus how many your kid gets to choose? What do you do if your teenager just doesn't like to read? Because there are indeed homeschool families where the teenager is not a bookworm, mm-hmm. and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, you would expect a senior to read more and read more deeply than a ninth grader would. And so our kids, usually we have required more out of a senior than out of a freshman, um, which would make a nice segue to an ad. All right, let's do that. Things like trying to wrap your brain around how to choose books and how to work with those things. These are complex questions Mm -hmm. and they can be intimidating. And so we would like to recommend that you check out a course on the sevensistershomeschool.com website that is a self-paced online course for parents, not for your kids, but for you. Like how would you like to take your own class on how to homeschool high school with your own videos and your own text that you can read that's right there on your computer screen? This is um, 15 lessons, Mm -hmm. right? And each one has a video component as well as the printed text to work from and to refer back to quickly and easily. We have some moms who have said that they did the whole thing over a weekend. They just kind of, it's like binging on Netflix, I guess. You Mm -hmm. just do them all. And we have others who spread it out um, once a week 
and um, took their time and took notes and gave themselves little pieces of strategy to try out before they moved on to the next one. So the course is called Homeschool High School, You Can Do It. And it has details on how to do each of the credits for the homeschool transcript, especially the complicated language arts credit, like how many books to read and how many papers to write and how long the papers should be written for each year. So if you visit the sevensistershomeschool.com website and you look at the navigation tab on our homepage and you look under store, there's a drop-down menu that says self-paced online courses. Indeed. And that's where you can find Homeschool High School, you can do it. All right, so back to language arts. <laughs> we, uh, we have reading that we want to be increasingly challenging as the student moves from freshman through senior year. And also, according to ability, you want to vary the number of books. So a ninth grader who is just your average kid, he's going to go right into the workforce because reading is not his specialty. Creating things with his hands is his specialty. He will read fewer books than a kid who's a ninth grade honors bound kid who's, who's going to college and he's, she's trying for Harvard and she'll read double the books that your average kid would read. How many books does mom pick and assign? Ah, that's a good one. So is there a right answer for that one? I'm pretty sure that this falls under the there's no one right way to homeschool <laughs> high school. So I think though that one a month at least by mom is a good idea so that there's some guided reading, but there all should be also should be loved reading that the young people pick out themselves. Very good. And you can pick those those mom assigned books a number of ways. Some some people who are um, very history directed, you know, will will pick books that for literature that tie into what they're studying in history that year. Mm -hmm. And other families will choose to go with a bundled set like the ones we have at Seven Sisters, where you've got American Lit, nine titles for a year, one per month with a study guide. Mm -hmm. um, Fits really well with American history. And yet, if you don't want to do it with American mm -hmm. history, you also don't have to. So right. there's, there's not one right way. Mm -hmm. All right, so that's a little bit about books. Now, as they read these books, they should be doing something to document it. So keeping a book list, is that enough? Keeping a book list is a good way to do overall. Like you don't want kids to have to write whole reports on every single book or they're going to hate you and they're going to hate reading. We don't want that. But if they don't really engage some of their books and really learn from the literature and learn to develop their thinking skills and their vocabulary, mm -hmm. then you've wasted what the good of literature is. So... I really recommend doing study guides along with at least nine of the books, you know, one, one each month. Very good. Okay, writing. What do we do with writing? How fun. I love <laughs> writing. I love writing too, but I know lots of people who don't love writing. A lot of kids hate writing. So, but they got to do it. They have to have it for graduation. And kids going off to college, if they can't churn papers out, it's overwhelming. So our, our kids often have complained all the way through high school, like, oh, do I don't have to write this research paper and all that. But the ones that went to college have always come back to us and said, it's so easy. And for other kids, it's not. Uh-huh. And even for the kids who are not college-bound, having to do a lot of writing 
helps you learn to articulate your thoughts and it makes mm -hmm. you a better communicator. So yeah. whether they're going to go on to have to write college papers or whether they're going to have to learn to communicate well in their chosen field of endeavor, it's really important. Writing yeah. in high school is very important. So they need to have a research paper each year and that will vary in length according to the student's ability and what grade they're in. That's why you should take the Homeschool High School You Could Do It course and get more <laughs> details on that. Um, also, they need uh, essays. They need to be able to churn essays out. And some creative writing because that helps the quality of their writing. Even if they don't love writing stories and poetry, to learn how to capture words well is what creative writing is about. Very good. And then sometime in there, they probably should at least with some internet resources or something, learn some basic business writing, some mm -hmm. good, good strong letter writing, um, and they should do the types of writing that will make career possibilities work for them, like cover letters and resumes. Absolutely, and indeed. Those types of things. And I think most families save that for senior year. That tends to be a, a springboard for adulthood kind of Kind, kind of wrap of thing. things up. Yep. Very good. So what if you have a kid, <clears throat> excuse me, who um, really excels at one kind of writing, really struggles with another, um, how hard do you hit their weak areas and how much do you let them fly in their strong areas? And actually this, this applies to lots of other courses too. Writing just sort mm -hmm. of crystallizes it a lot, of, a lot of times when I look at a, at a kid's work. But how much in high school do we think about where a kid is weak and worry about filling in those gaps that we left? Oh, no, because we've ruined them if we've left any gaps at all. Not. Um, or how much do we let them fly in the areas where they're strong? Yes. Yes. <laughs> that was not the answer I was expecting. Very good. What do you mean? <laughs> if you look at it another way, is a kid who loves writing... Anyway, if they like research writing, because some kids do, or if they love poetry or short stories, and once or twice I've run into kids who like essay writing, if they love it, you want to let them engage in curriculum that encourages loving writing. Also, if kids hate writing, you want to let them engage in curriculum that's going to encourage them to learn to like it. Because really, most kids hate it because they've only had boring, dry experiences. So if you give them a more lighthearted curriculum, often they learn to like it a little bit anyway. And at least to feel really proud of what they produce, even yeah. if they don't really like the production, when, when they get it in, into a format where it's not overwhelming and not beating it to death, mm -hmm. and they can create something and feel proud of it. Good stuff. So minor plug for our curricula this is exactly why we developed our writing texts is so that kids who love it can run with it and those who don't love it can learn that they can do it anyway. Very good. Very good. All right. So what have we covered and what do we still need to cover? So we've got language arts, math, science, social studies, world languages, some phys ed, Fine arts and fine electives. Arts. So fine arts, you log those hours. Unless I there's just, a curriculum. Right. I just recently was talking with a mom who had emailed us and was asking what to do. Her kids are in orchestra. Yes. And she said that she had been looking all over the internet and was having a really hard time finding how could she 
let this count for something because her kids are practicing at home mm-hmm. and they're going to rehearsals and they're performing in two concerts a year. And she said, surely that should count for something, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it just broke my heart because I thought, oh my goodness, yes, it should count for a lot. That's wonderful. <laughs> so you log those hours and you, you have them right down on, on their little log sheet, the hours they spend with individual practice as well as the group rehearsals. Mm-hmm. And those hours add up to a Carnegie unit that earns them high school transcript credit. Right. So for some states, that's 135 hours. Some states require up to 180 hours. But either way, you don't want to miss logging something that they are doing that's enriching to the transcript. And what if a kid is not super into fine arts, but they are doing something? What if it takes them more than a year to earn that 135 hours? You just keep logging until you hit that number, that magic number, and then you've got the credit for the transcript. Excellent. So you list it whenever you hit that goal. You bet. So a lot of families will keep a log sheet on the fridge and just write things down as they go to a drama production or the Nutcracker at Christmas to watch their kid sister ballet or exhibit at an art museum or a craft they did at co-op. Very good. Variety is okay. Indeed. All right, so we've got fine arts and that leaves us with electives, career exploration and technology. Kind of, let's talk about them in a lump. So that's how you fill out the rest of those Mm -hmm. required credits. So in technology, if they're required, they log hours, learning things they don't usually do. So So surfing YouTube is not technology. No, they need to learn something. (laughs) So a a lot of my kids learned things like, uh, I remember my daughter learning HTML, you know, Mm -hmm. took some online courses with that. And my kids also did sound at church. Mm -hmm. My kids did too. learned how to run those technology things. So they logged some service hours and got technology hours doing that also. Very good. And if you have kids who are interested in filmmaking or who are in a band and are recording themselves, all the um, audio and video editing that they have to learn how to do, those oh. those are those are really yeah. they're really good programs and they're not just playing with it. It's not the same thing as just playing around with right. something. Actually, when they're actually right. working on a project and learning how to use the software. Yeah. So you just log those hours. Then in career exploration, you want to do um, logging hours in experiences like apprenticeships or doing an actual career exploration course. We have a wonderful one at sevensistershomeschool.com that you should check out. It has a basic workbook, but it also has interview skills and it has writing your personal mission statement and it has resumes and cover letters and all sorts of pieces that really empower teens to to be ready to step out into the workforce. And then they usually need driver's ed, and usually that's a quarter credit, and you just have to follow your state's guidelines on that. Excellent. So then how do you choose the other electives that your kid is going to take? By their interests. Oh, yes. Yes. If they're interested in something, create a curriculum or find a curriculum that matches or get them in a co-op class or a community college class or some kind of dual credit or a MOOC. So there's all kinds of opportunities. I'm sorry, what's a MOOC? Those are those online free courses from places like MIT, like universities just give these courses away. Cool. Yeah, look up M-O-O-C. It's awesome. M-O-O-C. Yeah. Okay. So Groovy. they can get some college experience for free that Very way. Good. 
So if they're not interested in anything, it just means they haven't discovered what they're interested in. So cook up some courses. You know, if they haven't had a philosophy class, get them a philosophy class. If they haven't had, I don't know, marine biology and, and you can't think of anything else, you go do that because that's fun. Good stuff. We had some really good success over the years, too, using things like, again, we're not affiliated and this is not a sponsored plug, but using things like the Great Courses, DVDs mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. such, or the audio versions, to just listen to do sort of an overview yeah. through the lectures on a topic that you don't know a whole lot about to find out how interested you yeah, are. Yeah, just it. for exploring. Good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. So you log hours in those things till you earn a credit. All right. So we hope that that gives you a look at the sort of the, the bigger picture of how to look at the four years of high school and to know what your goals are credit-wise for the transcript and to also encourage you to hit that balance, that yes answer that Vicki gave us earlier of do you shore up your child's weaknesses or do you let them fly in their strengths? And the answer is yes to both. Um, and we strongly encourage you if you're looking for more guidance and more specific information on how to create and, and earn those credits. Um, visit sevensistershomeschool.com and check out the self-paced online course for parents. Homeschool, high school, you can do it. And if the kids want some career exploration one-on-one, -on -one, they can contact me at vickytillmancoaching.com and I do coaching for the kids over Skype. And I have to say that the time that Vicki has spent coaching my kids personally, this is a personal plug and I am not being compensated for this, <laughs> but the coaching that my children received from Vicki has been just, just of such great value. So if, if you'd like some one-on-one, -on -one, you will not be disappointed. It will be such an encouragement and a help. Well, thank you for joining us today. We look forward to talking with you again about all things homeschool high school because this is the Homeschool High School Podcast from SevenSistersHomeschool.com, brought to you by the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Hey, everyone, please hop over to iTunes and give us a review, if you would, because that would make it easier for other people to find us, and it makes us feel good. And maybe some stars. Oh, we like stars. Yes, please, hop on over to iTunes, and thank you for joining us. And now for some homeschool trivia brought to you by VickiTillmanCoaching.com. The National Home Education Research Institute has three fine studies that they have done that compare homeschool high schoolers in their creative thinking with their peers in regular school settings. What they have found is that statistically significant results are positive for homeschool high schoolers in creative thinking. In other words, our kids think more creatively than their peers. And that's a really good thing for preparation for life. You know, kids in college really need to be able to think creatively and innovatively. If they go right into the workforce, innovative creative thinking helps them to get ahead in their jobs. I think that homeschooling high school allows our kids time to explore interests and ideas and invent and have fun that maybe their peers in a regular school setting might not have time for because they're doing more memorizing facts and you know, getting the right answers in a book. So homeschooling is a really great choice. 
When your teens are ready to make some choices about their careers or their upcoming college majors, have them contact me at VickiTillmanCoaching.com and we'll discuss, you know, what's God got in mind for them. 